Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for being with me. Uh, you can get involved by calling 1-800-411-2663. 1-800-411-2663. You can also email me, church at bondinfo.org. Church at bondinfo.org. Put your name in town, name in town, name in town, all your emails. I do appreciate that. And happy Easter to everybody. Did I say that already? No, happy Easter. Um, I have something that is I want to read to you, and I want to ask your forgiveness in advance because it's kind of long, but I think it's very important. And since it is Easter, maybe you can bear with it. Because I know some people don't like, why are you reading all that stuff out of the Bible? But sometimes the Bible, not sometimes, the Bible has some good stuff in it. And since I know that Ed can read very, very well, uh, this is out of John 14. Uh, this is so long. I hope everybody had their coffee. <laughs> but I want you to listen closely because I want to see what you got. You know, sometimes you, you have good news and you're like, wow, I can't wait to share this with the folks, right? And then as soon as you share it with them, they like, duh. Gospel of John? Yeah. <laughs> they don't get it. John um, 14. 14. I'll wait till you get it. Better late than never. Thank you. I'll take the rest of that. I mean, it says it so long. All right, you ready? John 14. This is when Jesus was about to go so that he could be crucified, all right? And so you're talking to the disciples and giving them some instruction. So we're going to go from John 14, 5 through 31. Okay. Uh, and pay attention because I want to ask you what did you get from it right here. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, I am truth and life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father too. From this moment you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and then we shall be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? What I say to you, I do not speak of my own accord. It is the Father living in me who is doing his works. You must believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or at least believe it on the evidence of these works. In all truth, I tell you, whoever believes in me will perform the same works as I do myself and will perform even greater works because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask for in my name, I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I shall ask the Father and he will give you another paraclete to be with you forever the spirit of truth, whom the world can never accept since it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him, because he is with you, he is in you. 
I shall not leave you orphans, I shall come to you. In a short time, the world will no longer see me. But you will see that I live, and you will also live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever holds to my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father. And I shall love him and reveal myself to him. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what has happened that you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we shall come to him and make a home in him. Anyone who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not my own. It is the word of the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while still with you, but the Paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all I have said to you. Peace I bequeath to you. My own peace I give you. The peace which the world cannot give, this is my gift to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid, you heard me say, I am going away and shall return. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you this now before it happens, so when it does happen, you may believe. I shall not talk to you much longer, because the Prince of this world is on his way. He has no power over me, but the world must recognize that I love the Father, and that I act just as the Father commanded. Come now, let us go. Thank you. Is it like powerful and beautiful and encouraging? Is it? Yeah. Yes, Jesse, it is. Yes. You know, one thing I realized as I was listening to Ed read that, it's amazing that Satan has allowed human nature to confuse that and made Jesus be God. Because even in that, he's talking about going back to his father. His father is greater than he is and all that. But yet, Satan has played a trick with even that, which is unfortunate. So did you guys pay attention to that? Yes. Did, it was, did anybody get anything from it? Yes, Kevin. Uh, it's amazing because it's saying that we can do anything that Jesus does yeah. and even more. Yeah. And I also got from it that the relationship is a spirit, like seeing Jesus. It's not just a physical thing because a bunch of people who saw him physically in his time didn't see him in the right way, yes, and so yes. it's, you know, it's not just physical, it's not a physical thing. That's a very good point. I was, I saw this movie last night, The Greatest Story Ever Been Told. You ever seen that? Yes. Um, there's this channel, G, GMC, I believe, and just playing all these different Bible stories back to back because of Easter. So I, I, I turned the TV on and I caught a portion of The Greatest Story Ever Been Told. And I realized that human nature has never changed in a lot of folks. Way back then, people were just as they are today. You know, they were into the government. The government was trying to control. Uh, the government didn't like righteousness, so anybody came along and tried to destroy them. And there were people who would believe was right, then they would doubt it and go with what's wrong. They would, you, you couldn't really trust them. It's the same old thing now, nothing new under the sun. And it's, it, sometimes it seems that there are things that are new, but nothing new. We're not doing anything that hasn't already happened. I think that's why God just kind of let us die off. He warns us, and if you want to just stay that way, he let you die, and then he let somebody else have a baby and try it again. <laughs> because nothing is new. You know, it's not a big deal. But you're absolutely right, Kelly. Uh, what? Okay, anybody else? 
Yes, Chris. Well, there were some really great quotes in, in all of that. You know, I am the, the truth. You know, you hear that all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, the one that actually Sean Hannity, I think, has on, you know, let not your heart be troubled. Um, there was, you know, some. Let your heart not be troubled. I love that. Right. And I, I don't, you know, I don't have the scripture in front of me, but those are the two that yeah. stuck with me. Yeah. It's amazing to be able to live a life without a troubled heart. I mean, just the sound of that is nice. Huh? Yeah. But most people are not living that way. It's so unfortunate. And most people have not realized that um, everything has been put back in place. It's done. It's finished. And all we have to do is realize it and live it. There are so many miserable people today. It's only because of the deception of Satan in their mind. They keep believing a lie. As long as you believe that lie, then you can't live this reality that he's talking about. He said that the Holy Spirit would teach you all things. So, you know, the teacher's with us in all that we do. But people still look on the outside for a teacher. Isn't that kind of sad when you think about it? Or is it just me? Probably just me. Um, Yes, sir. No, the uh, uh, it, people always look outside for a teacher. That's one of the things I liked about it. The the world seems to be full of people that drive each other crazy. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. And it's nuts. getting it's getting worse. It's not like it's getting better. It's getting worse for the majority of people. And there are a few people in life where things are getting better because they understand this these principles. How about for you? Is it getting better for you? Ed? Um. It doesn't always feel like it, but I think it is. Uh, it, it's time when, when you when you when you suddenly see how how weird it is sometimes. That's when you start seeing the truth, and there's actually a lightheartedness in not being part of um, uh, all the rat race that's out there. Um, so in that way, yes. Yeah. Uh, you still have doubt at times. Uh, yeah, about every hour and a half. Every hour and a half. <laughs> I've been timing it lately. Do you trust that the Holy Spirit would teach you? Uh, I never put it in those terms, but I do. I do put it in the terms of that it'll work itself out somehow. That you can just you have to sit and watch it. Um, more more accurately, what I do is I, I see my own my own machinery working, trying to trying to fix everything, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, I may have missed it. I'm slow. Do you trust that the Holy Spirit would teach you? I don't use that terminology. I don't think of it that way. Oh, don't, you don't think of it that way? I don't think of the Holy Spirit much. It doesn't, it never meant much to me. Oh, okay. Much, you know, I, I don't really know what paraclete means. I can pronounce it well enough. I can read it well. <laughs> but. Wow, that's interesting. Christine, do you trust that the Holy Spirit would teach you all things? At times, at times I'm, I'm really, I, I believe that my heart is really light, and then I go into darkness. And what caused you to go into darkness at times? Um, because it, it a little loud. It, it, it seems like things are not getting better for me. You know, like I'm trusting God, and then you know I don't have enough faith, evidently. I guess. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, so uh, then I go back into, you know, dark. Yeah. You don't have enough faith at times and you go back into darkness. I, uh, 
Do you know exactly what take you back into darkness? My thoughts. And, and why do you listen to them? Um, well, I don't always, but, but uh, you know, because I can't always stay in a good spot. Um, you know, even if you just went into darkness, you know, one hundredth of the time, that would still be bad. Um, and I go into darkness much more than that. I think it's just because, um, you know, I, I measure my life as far as being able to be mobile. Yeah. And, you know, every day uh, the mobility seems to be less. Right. Uh, first mistake is to measure your life based on whether you can move about or not. Because you're making a decision uh, influenced by Satan, which would just handicap you even more so. Because he's not going to let you believe that you can walk. And so when he measures that, your life based on that, you will never get up and walk. He's not going to tell you the truth about your situation at all. And so that is the first big mistake. We can't measure anything based on anything else. Because you may be in the, chair, in the wheelchair for a, 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 a life lesson. It could just be a moment, uh, a, a way that God stopped you in order to slow you down to get your attention. You know, it could be anything that he's doing through you. You just should ask that his will be done, you know, so that you can see what it is. And I wouldn't measure that based on that at all about you. That's coming from the, the Prince of Darkness. And as he said here, the Prince of Darkness is still alive in this world. And his whole purpose, he has no power. His purpose is to deceive. And he's deceiving you. He'll make you say, oh, what have I done? I'm in a wheelchair. I can never walk. Pull pitter for me. You know. And you start believing that lie, you lose the light. You won't learn the lesson. That makes sense? Uh, yes, it, it makes it makes sense. It's just um, hard to kind of, you know, wrap it around every moment of the day. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you're probably in a good position to wrap it around every morning of the day because you you know you can't really get so busy that you lose sight of what's important. This is a good moment for you. Because we you know when you were a teacher, you're moving about, you're into everything, you're raising the kids and you know, fighting with the husband and arguing with the mailman. You don't really have the same amount of time, but now you do. And God can heal you. He really can. It's right at hand, but you gotta not go with the imagination. You gotta stay still enough so you can see, you don't have to, but so you can see what brought you to this point. And it's more than just a medical thing. Will you think about that at least? I will. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, that, in fact, when, when she was saying she measures her life by and fill in the blank, right? I mean, um, it, it's funny. I mean, I measure my life something completely differently, but it's still fuel for my own frustration. How do you measure your life? But, uh, honestly, by different definitions of what ends up being anger. Um, you can say you're competitive. It's funny. There's there's so many fancy words for anger. I'm being competitive. Yeah. No, you just hate somebody. 
you know, or, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm better than, you know, now I can pay my bills, I'm, I'm good now. No, you're just judging somebody else, which is just a form of anger. We must have a thousand different ways of saying anger. Yeah, that's and right, all excuses. And when you measure anything, it's usually anger. I mean, in some form. Yeah. Uh, and it is for me, right? I'm not saying for everybody. What do you always say? Not all, not all. But, um, in my case, I can see that very clearly, and it, it really, it, it really starts driving you nuts yeah. uh, because you can't see it. And then, when you when you completely uh, take on its values, uh, you said once one time, uh, the devil when he's walking aside next to you, at, at a certain point he just steps aside. And there you are all by yourself, and you go, yeah. oh, man, what have I been doing? He lets you make a fool out of yourself. He convinces you to make a fool out of yourself. He convinces you you're cool, though, yeah. for a long time. And then all of a sudden, it's like, what have I done? And there's no greater pain <laughs> than the pain that comes once you step aside and let you see you made a fool out of yourself. But anger. Because after that, you want to commit suicide because the pain is so great. You can only think of death at times. Yeah. And anger is the cloak that covers all that. Yes. And since you know that, why don't you let it go? Well, I, I'm... Uh, because it's comfortable to stay there. And there. There's a certain amount of comfort you have in uh, feeling anger. Or I That's have. amazing. I understand that, too. But it's amazing that people could get comfortable in anger. Doesn't t it, the comfort doesn't last long, right? right. Three o'clock in the morning, you don't feel that comfortable. You yeah. wake up, you go, well, oh. but... When I was angry, I never got comfortable in anger. Because it's upset your body and your mind. Fair enough. You know, it just, it, it takes a lot to be angry. It makes your hair fall out, everything. Oh, I'm sorry, Ed. I wasn't thinking of your hair at the time. <laughs> you lost all your little hair behind anger. Um, yes? I was going to say, um, Jacob was going blind uh, in his last days, and it was for a purpose, right? Yeah. So his son's so that uh, the mother and, uh, um, oh gosh, who was it? No, not Jacob, Israel. Israel, Isaac was going blind, I'm sorry. And that, that's how uh, uh, Jacob was able to, with, with his mother, uh, fool him and get his inheritance, which he purchased from his brother, but his brother tried to, was not going to stick to that um, uh, deal. He sold out his inheritance, his brother did, and, but, but the point is the father was blind, or going blind, near blind, but yet he loved God. He didn't, he didn't say to himself, you know, I'm, I want my sight back, I'm going dark, and all that stuff. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Job also lost a lot of his uh, physical um, happiness. He, uh, you know, he was under some severe pain and boils and all kind of horrible stuff and uh, uh, he just did not listen to his wife who said just curse God and die and you know he ignored that and went on to get restored for some reason the ego won't let you take your condition and learn from it learn about self or or trust God with it because everything happens for a reason and I think that reason is to bring us closer to is to get our attention to bring us closer to God. But what happens is Satan is constantly convincing us that it's all bad, it's all negative, it's, it's something you know, wrong with you, 
So you don't really get a chance to examine stuff and learn from it so you can get up and live. You don't trust God because you're so familiar, familiar with Satan's voice that you don't trust God. And it's amazing to me, too, that Christ has put everything back in order. We really are a free people. But you just don't know it because of his deception. I was, uh, I told this story on men's night uh, this past Thursday. I, I went to the, uh, I went somewhere and I parked my car right by a building. It was a long building like this. And then there was an SUV parked in front of me. So I parked, I get out of my car, walk down the side of the street. When I look back, I could see the SUV, but I couldn't see my car because it's, the building is blocking it. And uh, the SUV was there. And so on my way back, walking back up toward the street, the SUV left. It was a white car parked there. And right away, Satan told me, oh, your car been towed. And I'm thinking, wow, my car was towed. <laughs> and I get around the building, my car is right in the same spot. And I realized, wow, what a lie. You know, he just told me a real lie. And I believed it for, believed it for a moment. I had stomach pain. But as soon as I realized now, it's somehow how Satan is the father of lies, and he would just create things to get a reaction from you. And every time you react, you lose. And that's where people are missing it. They're not catching Satan telling them all these things, and they're overreacting, and they're going further and further away from the mind of God or from the freedom of God, from consciousness, because they're not listening. They're not doubting the voice of Satan. Isn't that a little small thing like that was a big lesson for me. It just made me become more aware and more conscious and pay more attention. And a lot of people won't do that. You just won't do it. Even some of you here won't do that. Isn't that true? Yes. Did I see your hand come? Oh, yeah. Um, what what um, uh, Ed and my mom were saying about uh, measuring your life by X. Yeah. Um, I think that's basically what everyone deals with in one way or another. Yeah. And it might actually shift throughout the course of your life. Like, you know, it might be school and then it might be the kind of family and your kids or your job. And it just keeps switching, I think. And, yeah. you know, no matter what it is, like, even though, like, a physical ailment seems like a bigger deal than how yes. your performance is at work, yeah. or what kind of grades you're getting, or what your kids are doing, it's really the same thing. It's just another challenge. It's another thing you don't want to go bad that you feel like <laughs> you need to save, but you can't put that before God, or else, you know, yeah. the, you, that thing might go okay, but then something else is... You should never, ever, ever measure your life like that. Because those things are changing all the time. And, it is, and they are physical things that are changing all the time. time. And if you measure your life by that, you, 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 you'll go nuts. You absolutely go nuts. You, as I hear you guys say you measure your life, I'm trying to wonder, do I ever measure my life? I'm so surprised at the way I deal with things at times. And I'm grateful for that. That may be a measure. It's like, wow, I made it through that. That was amazing. Other than that, I don't know how you measure your life unless you look at how you deal with life. Because everything else is like here today and gone tomorrow. There's nothing that you have that's going to stay with you. Education and all that stuff. So I don't know, I don't know how you measure your life like that. You know? I understand that the ego will make you do it, but it's not a good thing to do. Not a good thing to do. 
So let go. That's another setup by Satan. That makes sense? Yes, Jesse. It really does. So anybody else got anything from that reading? That yeah, did? Yes, sir. From what I read, uh, read that um, we should uh, <coughs> that we should tr uh, should really trust in the spirit and the spirit within uh, within us because that may very well be be the only power uh, part that can help uh, that can help uh, help us cha change from what what we are uh, are and what we should be in the sight uh, sight of our Father's sight. Because when I uh, when I pray when I pray uh, pray I realize just how uh, impotent and helpless I am when in uh, dealing with what kind of a person I am and yeah. what uh, what situation I do, and <clears throat> I begin and the more uh, and seeing the more I'm aware uh, aware of this the more uh, it seems like a, a greater strength than I, I is guiding uh, guiding me it's. It's almost as if he's answering, answering my prayer that I need, uh, need guidance through, uh, through, uh, through these steps of he, life. He is with us all the time, every moment. He's with us. Yeah. Absolutely right. Anybody else? Yes. You know, I, uh, not just from today, but this week too, I, I realized that uh, when you have questions, uh, a big problem that a lot of the... Um, uh, men of God made was they asked too many questions and they whined and it got it made God uh, angry at them as he gets angry it made him angry at him like like when Moses was whining about how he doesn't have the ability to speak well and he was whining about all that there was there he came close to getting slapped <laughs> and uh, that that was that was typical of how the prophets dealt with God. They they were always okay. You just showed me a sign that says you're with me. Can you just show me another one? Because you know, and they, they're so weak. How did that relate to you? Though? In that I have all these questions or complaints to you know, and and measures and all that stuff. And uh, what I type of question do you have? Give me an example. Of the type of question you have. Okay, like. Uh, Am I as righteous today as I was back then? Right when? When I thought I was more righteous. <laughs> <laughs> or am I getting worse? Am I getting worse and, and, and not knowing it? You know? So you ask yourself those type of questions? Yeah. And what do you come up with? Yes. That you are more righteous or not? Getting worse. <laughs> and then sometimes I'll be like, oh no, I'm getting more righteous. And the other times, I'm getting worse. It just goes, the measuring thing, even your conclusions change. It's not just your measuring stick, but even your conclusions change. Yeah, yeah I'm getting better. Oh, no, I'm getting worse. I'm getting better. I'm getting worse. And it, you just go like a ping pong ball, just back and forth. With I had this person ask me the other day, how do I know when I can see? And uh, how... How will I know when, when I can truly see, or if I see or not? And, I, and right away I said, I have a perfect answer. <laughs> well, you don't have to ask that question anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to ask that question, then you know you see. But if you gotta ask that question, then you know you don't see. Because once you can see, that's it. That's nothing else. You just start to live then. And it's so sweet. 
Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. When you can see. Um, in here, Jesus, in his writing, uh, Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Did you hear him read that? Yes. Did that ring a bell with anybody? Yes. No? It's Easter Day. It's okay. <laughs> did it ring a bell for you? Did you remember him reading that? Yes. What did it mean to you? Or did it mean anything? It meant something. Just trust and believe in the Holy Spirit. Okay. Trust and believe in the Holy Spirit. It's just, that's the only way to go. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, it meant trust the Holy Spirit to you? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Anybody else? No. No, not you. <laughs> Proceed. That he was an example on earth for us to follow on the way and the truth. He's, he's you know, shown how he lived um, and wanted us to follow what he was doing. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Ted, you heard that before, right? You heard him read this today, right? I am the truth and the way and the life. What does that mean? Well, now that you pointed out, I think it to me it means that um, I am the way and the truth. And Are you reading the definition from the book? No. Oh. No, I'm just reading it. I, I'm not reading it from the book. But I am the way and the truth and the light. I think that means that 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 he is a little loud for me. I think that me means chat. that he is the way. He he is the way. He's speaking to us through our conscious, showing us the way. And, and telling us the truth and showing us the life that we should live. Okay. Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir, what did it mean to you? Okay, well, I am the way and truth and life. To me, it's sitting. He is the way, uh, he is the path to, uh, to, our, to the Father, which is uh, within, within, within us and a truth. And when we're still, uh, still, we are revealed the truth with, truth within, uh, of who and what we are and what we sh should be, uh, should be, and and to me, and that in me is li uh, life, true, uh, true life, uh, true life. Um, when we um, go, uh, go on the, uh, when we are guided to the uh, right path, that's okay. as far as I can tell. Boy, did you hear that? Did you hear that in the Bible when you read it? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Yes. No man gets to the Father stuff to me. What did it, did it mean anything to you? Um, I suppose it meant to me that um, um, you, uh, if you follow the rules that I've set forth, it I will reveal joy and happiness to you through the length of your life and protection. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Um, what I got out of Ed reading that uh, scripture yes. was that uh, he wasn't God, that he was the son of God, and that uh, uh, the Father lives in him and he lives in us. So it's a spiritual thing. Like. <coughs> One thing for sure, everything we do in life is spiritual. Right. Every little thing, every big thing, every small thing, every medium thing, is all spiritual. 
That's for sure. How would you get from that, that reading, if anything at all? Not much. The, the, the way, I mean, it means a way. It's like you have to go in that direction. You can't go another way. <clears throat> I'm always saying you have to go this way through me. Uh, I don't fully understand what it means, but that's all I got. Uh, um, yes, sir. I've never understood it. In fact, I've had a problem with it. How can, <laughs> how can Christ say he is the truth when everybody here says, well, he means he's going to tell us the truth. No, he said he was the truth. There's a there's kind of a difference there. Right. He didn't say that he'll give you life. He says, I am the life. So, and yet he says he's less than the Father, but he says, I am the truth, the life, and the way. Yeah. Now, the way can be interpreted like some other gentleman did. Uh, that, that, was, that was fine. But to say that you are the truth and not I will give you the truth or the truth, that's a little different. I've always had wondered how that works, yeah. how, what he actually means by that. Okay. So, you, yes, ma'am. Oh, what does it mean to me? Um, the way, the truth, and the life. Um, exactly what it meant is I am the truth. Like, I guess the truth is him or is within him. But I, I never really got the part, the way of the, I never really thought about it. Yeah. At least one good thing that I'm hearing now, which is really nice, with some of you, at least you realize what you don't know. And, and, and that's good to know that because when you hear a reading of the Bible or someone says something that sounds nice, Satan makes you think that you know what it's about. He'll give you definitions of what it means. And then you, you, know, you repeat them, but it doesn't change your life at all. And see, that's the difference between the two voices. One is to deceive you, and the other one is to make you free. And it's just weird how Satan can do that. What Christ, what Christ wants us to know is that, you know, his father sent him. He is of the truth. And if we just can believe him, everything else will fall in, part, in place. He is the way to everything. Just believe him. Doubt the, uh, the earthly father and believe him, which is the, the truth inside of him. And everything else is easy. The problem is, is the doubt. That's what everybody struggles with. It's a doubt, and they don't know how to believe. And, and a lot of folks, even back then, and there are people who are living now that you, you, know, you see something kind of special about them. You know that they're coming from a different place. You think, wow, this person kind of interesting. But you still can't believe what they're saying, even though you know they kind of set apart from the rest of the world. And so the problem is, how do you believe? So you can get in this straight and narrow path. And that's what a lot of people are missing. Yes. You know, even, even the word of can change the whole dynamic of it. When you're going from Aramaic to today's language, there is a meaning that are lost in the interpretation. It could have easily been, I am of the way, I am of the truth, I am of the life. You can't come to the Father except of this way. And that could have been how he actually said it instead of, you know, calling himself the truth. Yeah, that's one setup about rewriting the Bible over and over again. Yeah. You, you know, you change the wording, and then the mind works on you as well, so everything else means something different. Right. But the only thing Christ wants you to do right now is to stop doubting. If you could just stop doubting, you could be free. 
He really can. That's all. It's so simple. All he's doing now is revealing things to us. And just stop doubting. Because everything is already laid out for us, especially children of God. It's all simple. Just don't doubt anymore. And then Christ's life would not have been in vain for you. Once you stop doubting, you can live. And everybody here know how to stop doubting, right? No? You don't, Mary, you don't know how to not doubt? I can doubt the doubt, but that's I, can't about, I can doubt my doubt, but that's about it. I can see. <laughs> how do you can, doubt your doubt? Well, uh, when, I see, when I see something I'm thinking about, I'm going, oh, that's not. You can see that that's not right, but uh, so then I can doubt that, but then I still get to the next point and I doubt something else. All right. That's interesting, Mary. I understand something you just said. What do you think about what Mary just said? Well, yeah, doubting the doubt. Um, to me, what means what, what means to me is that, uh, like I said, like I said, um, do not listen to your imagination. I mean, in other words, uh, your thought. In other words, your thoughts are like overwhelming you and yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? That's all it is, really. And how do you know that that's all it is? Well. If you think about it, you just simply like get caught up with words and and associations and other of your experiences, and you just simply let it like repeat itself and race and stuff and everything, and then you just react to it, you know. Uh, do you still have doubt? Do you still doubt? I see my doubt. Yes. So you, but, you, uh, do you I still don't, doubt? I don't take it, uh, but I don't take the the doubts that I experience as face value. I know that the doubts are tr that I experience that the uh, thoughts are trying to deceive me. Yeah. One thing that Satan would do, let's say that you're a thief. We have any thieves in here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, one thief. You steal? Huh? You, you steal things? A long time ago. Oh, yeah? What did you steal? Okay, well, when I, uh, well, you know how kids steal cookies from, cookie jar, uh, from the cookie jar? That's just a fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, it was... Give me a real thief, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, uh, well, yeah, okay. You know how kids steal, uh, steal cat... Uh, you talk about you, only. Well, you know uh, how, I, uh, how I like to take things while asking that, uh, that when I was a kid, that, uh, to me, I, uh, uh, to me, that would make, uh, made me a thief. Oh, I see. Yeah. One of the ways that Satan worked on our, on our minds if you have a problem, some type of problem, whatever it may be, he will make you believe that you are that problem. You know, he won't let you focus on looking at what, what the cause is of the problem. He will cause you to give a title to what you are. You know, if you're a liar or whatever, drug addict, whatever, he will have you going around saying that I'm a drug addict, right? And once you believe that, then you lose the way. Because you're not a drug addict. It's what God would want you to do is to see what caused you to become that way so that you can repent from the cause, not the results of the cause. But most people identify with what, whatever the ill is or whatever is bothering them, they identify with that and never really see the cause. But if you could sit still and not believe what Satan is telling you about it, you would see the a cause of the effect, and that's what you overcome, and then you can be free.
Have you noticed that? Yes. That's what you got to be, all these little things that you got to watch because he's making you see things that are not real. He's causing you to judge yourself over and over and over again when all things have been conquered already. And the moment you can see the cause of what's wrong, then you, you start to conquer, you start to overcome. But as long as you look at the effects of what you're doing, you're never going to be free. You just go from one thing to another, from one thing to another. And Christ came so we could be free from all these things. He, gave, he conquered death. And he loved all of us. He, he made this sacrifice for us. And all he asked of us is that we give love back. And everything else will work out. That's all he asked. And that's not too much to ask, right? No. I guess that's the, the, the greatest part about it, you know, yeah. that you actually have to die to what you do. You know, in other yeah. words, if you're doing something, you actually have to go to the point where you would just die, and then you can be resurrected in a different... Yeah. It's just so amazing to me how stubborn people are with these things. Yeah, it is. It's like you just keep holding on. Yeah, just hold on to it and kill everybody else with it. And, you know, just, it just it's so unnecessary, but it's just a trick that Satan has played. And then Satan is always giving you things to judge and people to judge and, and, and putting stuff on you. It's, it's just really a mess. It's destroying families. The government is taking over. It's just a mess. We're trying to put this rally together. We can't even put the rally together because Satan gets in there and just mess with people's minds. Uh, and build egos and prevent anything good from happening. And it's time to get over this because we're losing it. We're losing the families. We're losing our country. We're losing friendships. We're losing all kinds of stuff because Satan is deceiving the people unnecessarily. The best way to stop doubting is to just stop paying attention to what he tells you in your mind, in your head. Just doubt that and don't worry about anything else because when you, when you doubt those thoughts, then you have faith. You can just live, live your life. And then you can understand, you start to see for yourself what Christ is talking about. You start to understand. You start to trust the Holy Spirit to teach you and no man teaches you without even thinking about it. And yet you learn from other people, but you also, you're conscious of the teachers that you have within. But you got to be born again. He must be born again. Yes, sir. Um, you said something like God wants us to love him. And um, it's something I don't quite understand because, you know, you can't love God unless you have it in you to love him. And in this, in what you were reading here, you, men you mentioned something a couple times that was kind of interesting, and maybe you could shed some light on it here. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. I shall ask the Father, and he will give you another paraclete to be with you forever and ever. Yes. So it sounds like there's some measure of love that you can love God with before you have a Holy Spirit totally dwelling in you. But then when you show, and this is what I'm getting, when you show some level of faith or good, good, good faith effort, I guess, yes. that somehow it sounds like he's giving you um, love after that, but first you have to step forward and show some kind of good faith effort. Because he says it twice. And the way you show that good faith is when you start to realize, the moment you can realize that you're wrong, that you've been playing God. 
and, and the moment you start to truly realize that, that's when you're showing that love. And then you can enter into the kingdom because that will cause you to repent. The hardest thing in the world for people to do is to admit that. As long as you don't, as long as you refuse to admit that you are wrong, then you're your own God. And so he can't, you can't love him. But admitting that you're wrong, and I'm not talking about just admitting you're wrong for one incident or for something that happened now or whatever. If you're in your own life, your own private life, you're playing God. You're making decisions, you're hating, you're judging, you're trying to make things work, you identify with this and that, anything from, uh, that would keep you from knowing the true God to be your own God. That is the beginning of love, to admit that you're wrong. So you have the power, even the beginning of things, to admit you're wrong. He's always given us that, try to warn us with consciousness that we're wrong. He's always, you know how you do something wrong and you realize later, wow, I knew not to do that. So we have that consciousness, it's just that people don't listen to it. They listen to, to Satan, mind of Satan rather than that. Right. That voice, that little voice that letting us know that we're wrong. I notice for me, I have certain things that I get very passionate about yeah. and it tends to blind me. And then after, at some point I realize the folly of it, I guess you'd say. Yes. Then it, at that point, I, I think Ed was kind of referring to that in a way too. Satan steps aside and you just, oh, okay, I'm a fool. You see it right there, but yeah. when you're caught up in these passions, you, you don't see it. It's funny too, when Satan steps aside and lets you see what you've done, it's not like he's letting you, he's stepping aside so you can be free. He's stepping aside so you can judge yourself even more so and get deeper into it. But, but even when he does, that is a good opportunity to actually see it. And it is, too. yeah. But most people don't even recognize when that pain is there, they don't stop and say, wow, I was wrong. They try to hurry up and get rid of the pain some kind of way. They'll call somebody up to talk to them or go take a drink or eat some food or whatever they do instead of enduring that pain so they can see where, what went wrong. You know, I was reading something in the Bible this morning that said not to have too, many, too much business. Yes. And, you know, that occurred to me that that only helps me when I don't have too much going on. And that's like what you were saying with, uh, with Christine. Yeah. When you're doing all those things and you're really busy, everything's back to back, you have no time in your day, you're just going to kind of run around and you're really never going to see anything right. until you kind of have it less things down. to do. Yeah. And Christine is in a perfect position, position to learn, to really, really examine and have that quiet time. And I ask God to let you see where you went wrong. What is the lesson here? What am I supposed to be learning from it? And don't have any pity for yourself or allow anyone else to give you pity. Do you try to get pity for the family? I was actually telling them this week about that. Yeah, you want them to kind of feel sorry. You know, I, I actually need help you know, now, so I, I ask for help. Right. But you never seek pity from them, right? Like, want them to feel sorry for you. Well, I don't know whether pity's the, the, the right word, but just an awareness of, of what I'm going through. But don't let Satan convince you to do that. You don't want, you want compassion. There's nothing greater than love and compassion, really. You want that, but you don't want, you don't want them to feel sorry for you because that'll drop, bring you down as well. It'll keep you in the wheelchair. And Satan will tempt you to do that too. Well, just you know, make the situation a little worse so that they can do something for you. You can get some attention or whatever it is. Fall for none of that. 
Don't let him trick you in that way. It doesn't matter what we're going through. Don't let anyone feel sorry for you. It's another way of bringing you down and keeping you there. And a lot of folks will get mad if you don't feel sorry for them too. So. Like, oh, you just don't care. You don't love me. You know, it's another way of controlling. Don't fall for it at all. All right. Any questions? No. Anything anybody want to add to this? Yes, sir. Uh, when he says this right here, uh, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. Yes. Yeah, you know, you sure don't see that very often. You don't see it. <laughs> it's very, very rare now. As a matter of fact, when I look out in the world, you can hardly see it at all. I think about this great country, how we're losing our freedom of speech. You know, the devil got it now where a little simple thing about telling the absolute truth, they'll try to shut you down from that. And a lot of people are caving in, so even that's being shut down. Makes, makes me think that um, Christians are really missing something. Yeah. And, and 80%, I believe, the last stat I saw, 80% of people in this country say that they are Christians. And if it's true that 80%, and some, some are opposed say 90%, but if it's true that 80% are Christians, there is no way that we should be losing our families. Uh, we, we should be losing our businesses and our schools. And, uh, and they even want to take God out of a, There's a song with God mentioned in it. Remember that Lee Greenwood song? God bless the USA. God bless the USA. At a school in Massachusetts this week, they, they were teaching fourth graders to sing that song. And they didn't like the fact that God bless the USA, so they want to take God out, and they want to put in, I like the USA. But I love the USA, and they're taking that out. And so some parents spoke out against it. They said no to it. And rather than doing the song as it should be, they took the, song, the whole song out. They decided not to do the song. Now, where's the power in that on the side of Christians? Where the greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world? There's, that should not have happened with 80% of the folks in this country saying that they're Christians. There are more us of us than them, and yet they can take God out of the song, the children of Satan. But if we don't like that, then they shut down the whole song. And if parents had really been of God, I wouldn't allow my kids to even participate at all then. Are they going to do it that way? then I don't let my kid participate. But they wouldn't do it that way because Christians are afraid. They don't believe in that greater is he that's in us and he that's in the world. And we're losing it. Abortion, just rampant. The men, pathetic. It just, it's bad, folks, because people don't know. They don't realize that we are free, and yet we have an enemy on earth that try to stop us. Satan is the father of this world. Yes. To give credit to those parents who stood up to the church. I mean, that, the school. that school. Um, they first changed the song to appease the parents. It wasn't good enough. The parents said, no, we want right. the God back in there. So you know what they did? They got rid of singing altogether. They said, right. from now on, we're not going to do any singing. Oh, any singing at any all. Singing any more singing at all. Anything anymore. Yeah. 
that's but, how. That's but if those parents were to stand strong, that won't happen either. Because what you gotta realize, and I know this for a fact, is that the children of God have the greater power than the children of Satan. They only have intimidation. And intimidation has no power unless you came into it. But we have, we just have, the fact that we have love and compassion, it is greater than the intimidation that they have. But if you don't know that, you would allow yourself to be intimidated because you don't know that. Because love and compassion has no feeling. Anger and intimidation does. There's a, a feeling that comes with that. So they feel more powerful, but really they don't have it. And we have to just wake up. I mean, it's already at hand. It's already there. Just come out of the darkness of your imagination by knowing that you're wrong and everything else will work out. <clears throat> it will absolutely work out. And life becomes very, it, life is, is, is good after that. I don't know what to say. You see that you're not an alcoholic or a drug addict. You see that you're not a liar. It's just this thing made a home in you to deceive you and cause you to identify with it, to make you believe that that's who you are. That's not who you are at all. But the moment you say that that's who you are, that's what you become. And it's so hard to overcome it then. Yes, ma'am. What you're saying right now is not being said in churches. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's the thing. Going to church for so many other people is a formality. Yes, ma'am. You get dressed, you do this, and you it's follow It's so this. unfortunate. Yeah. Because people are going to church to look for some answers to something. Yeah. Point the way to something, you know, but they're not doing it. We are created in the image of God. We're not our bodies. We have his identity in us. We're not an alcoholic, we're not a drug addict, we're not this, we're not that. This has all come from pride. Once you can overcome pride, then you can live your life. Yeah, but all these titles now in the yeah. world, you have this, you have that, and people walk around like they want a medal when they say, oh, I'm this, I have this problem. They're so proud of it, yeah. and I'm like, you That is such to, a good point. Yeah, you don't have to surrender to that, but you, yeah. you can't tell them, why don't you try something natural as opposed to what the doctor is prescribing these drugs with side effects to make you have a, take another drug. And People love doctors. Yeah, they love doctors. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was talking to my sister. Did I tell you this already? I was talking to my older sister this, uh, last week. Yeah, last week after today is Sunday. She called me up, <coughs> and she wanted to tell me that my other sister is in the hospital, one of my other sisters. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why, why, she, why is she in the hospital? And she said, well, she's there because she has high blood pressure. I'm like, wow, oh, no, sugar, high sugar, whatever that is. Diabetes. Diabetes. But, Diabetes. Uh, right. And I'm like, wow, I'm so proud to hear that. And so, uh, and uh, we got into this thing about doctors, and my sister said to you, to me, I never hear you say you sick or you went to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know, I, I, don't even, I don't have a doctor. I really don't have a doctor. Mm -hmm. And I haven't... As far as I can remember, I haven't gone to a doctor in about 30 years or so. <laughs> and she's like, wow, I got a doctor for every day of the week. <laughs> and she started naming off these different doctors. She said, I got a doctor for my heart. I have a doctor for my liver. I have a doctor for high blood pressure. I have a doctor for something else she named. And number five, she said, I even have a dentist. And she called a dentist a doctor. And I'm like, wow, how do you have time to do anything else if you have to go to all these doctors? 
But her faith is so into the doctors, and the unfortunate thing, she's not getting better. Yeah. That's the unfortunate thing. She's going around seeing all of these doctors and not getting better. And I tell her, well, if you want to be healed, you got to stop being angry. That's the, least, I mean, that's the last thing she want to hear. <laughs> stop being angry. You don't need the doctors that much. But the faith is in the doctors. And the thing about a doctor, they're like an automo automobile mechanic. Nothing can be wrong with your car, but because they need to make a paycheck, they're going to find something. Even if they have to say to you, I need to change the oil. But that's what doctors do. They're in business to make money now. They're not in business to heal you. And people faith are in the doctors. More Christians believe in doctors than the secular people. She literally named off all of these doctors. And I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but as of this day, I seem to be in good health. And I know that there's this thing you're supposed to go and get a checkup once a year, right? Mm -hmm. You've heard that, right? Yeah. I won't even go for the checkup because they're going to find something that's not there. <coughs> and then they're going to give me some pills, and then the pills will create the problem. Mm -hmm. They really will. My body will let me know when I need to go and see a doctor. Yeah. It really will. When I have some pain that won't go away, then I go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. But people's faith are in the doctors, in the automobile mechanic, in the in this, and the therapists. Therapists are making truckloads of money off the Christians. When people come in for me for counseling, to me for counseling, they want to know, oh, how many times do I need to see you? They like, they want to set up a six-month period of time. I'm like, mm -hmm. you may not have to see me anymore. Just call me if you need to see me. Mm -hmm. But I can make their money by setting up a program. <laughs> yeah. I can set up a three-month or six-month program and make a, a, from 100 to $150 every week off them, and they would never get better. But that's where the faith is. It's not in God. You got to put faith in God. You must be born again. Here's the clue. You got to see that you're wrong. Here are the clues. You got to admit that you're wrong. I know a friend of mine right now who happened to be a woman. She will not for the sake of her, for her life's sake, admit she's wrong, that she still has anger while everything around her is falling apart. I say, you, you, you got to admit you're wrong. That's all it takes. It's not going to hurt just for a little while to admit you're wrong, and then you can be free. you got to admit you're wrong, and in admitting that you're wrong, then salvation will come. You will realize salvation. It's at hand. And once you enter into that kingdom where, where Christ talked about he's the way, the truth, and the life, everything starts to unfold for you. It's already set up. Christ died for it. He rose on this day and said, it's done. And it really is done. You can get up and start living, folks. Stop being afraid. Stop listening to your thoughts. And you're going to have a lot of challenges to deal with, but they're just there to make you better in life. That's all the reason that they're there. They're not there for you to hate them, the challenges, or judge them, or run from them, run toward them, and deal with it. Just deal with it. Be honest about yourself. And you can enter into that kingdom that's already at hand. Don't wait until you die. Live now. And it's very, very nice. Isn't it nice? Yes, life is good. It's good, huh? It is. Yeah. Just live. Don't, don't, let, don't think about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, who likes you or who don't like you. People don't like each other anymore. They only pretend that they like you until they can get what they want from you. And then once they, if they can't get it, then they go back to not liking you. 
don't even care whether they like you or not. But people are like, human nature is wicked. Have you noticed that? Human nature cannot be trusted at all. From your husband, your wife, your mama, your daughter, your sister, your brother, from your enemies. Human nature cannot be trusted. You must be born again. Happy Easter and thank you for tuning in. And thank you guys. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.